Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Thank you. The service in this place is amazing. Go right now to Google City Collective five-star ratings. Give it or an incredible tip. So, so good to be with you guys here this morning. Uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Actually, I can, uh, as I was driving over from White Rock this morning, I was remembering having coffee with Jason at a Starbucks near uh, the Calgary airport in May of 2017 as he began sharing his vision for what is here now. And I was sharing with Joseph that, that as I was thinking about that, my mind was just filled with all of the things that have happened in response to Jason's unapologetic yes to God and how uh, different his life is today, including that beautiful little baby, uh, because of that yes. And so it is just a privilege to be with you here this morning. I want you to hear this, and maybe as I share this morning, uh, some people sometimes struggle a little bit, like, so what's your preaching style? And I like to say that if I was a musician, my preaching style would be that of the mashup, And so uh, I'll grab a little bit from here and a little bit from there. Some people uh, say, well, actually, that was more of a sermonic rant, uh, which happens sometimes as well. And so just bear with me. Um, Like, here's the truth. Uh, Truthfully, that was a really nice and generous introduction to me. I'm more like the crazy uncle uh, who comes to the family reunion. And so, um, you know, truthfully, like, this is probably the only chance that I'm ever going to have to preach at City Collective. So, I mean, you can fire me, but... So hopefully God has... That was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> I feel like like bombing already. So, going to have to work with me here. I mean, I am from Alberta, um, but as Rebecca shared... Uh, My name is Glenn, and it is my privilege to serve Covenant Churches from Montreal to Vancouver. And this has been an incredibly difficult season uh, for churches across Canada and North America and around the world. And yet, uh, truthfully, one of the messages that I have brought, and it will infuse into what I think God has for me to share with you this morning, is the promise and truth and the good news that we survived I've said this uh, to to multiple churches, and it feels like a super, super low bar. But at some level, I look around, and after the last two and a half years, I do not take this moment for granted in any way. That for our small community of churches uh, in this country, the, the reality that all of our churches continue to faithfully respond to God's call, continue to say yes, continue to move forward in relationship with God and concern for their community. This is a good story. For me, it's a win. And I think that is completely true for City Collective and for all of our church plants. Uh, you know, if, if any of you have been in any form of startup, whether it was a church or a for-profit business, 
Uh, like, I'm guessing you can imagine that having a global pandemic in, in the midst of your launch arc is probably not the best way to start something. And yet, I want to give witness this morning to the fact that our God is faithful. Even as we sang, and, and as we sang uh, these songs this morning, I, I just wonder, and maybe I would ask you this, I just kept finding myself soaked in some of those lyrics and phrases And so before uh, we open up to the book of Haggai this morning and hear an incredibly encouraging word, I just want to create a moment, a space of silence. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'd invite you simply uh, in that silence to pray for me. And this is how I might encourage you to pray. Was there a word or a phrase or a lyric this morning that somehow deeply resonated with you? And if there was, would you just hold that word for a moment and pray that out of that truth and out of that goodness and whatever the Spirit had for you in that, um, that this time of listening and gathering around God's word might flow out of that. Spirit of God, be present to us in this moment. Jesus, by your spirit that's alive and at work in this place, be present to us, for us. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for this community called City Collective, for the way that you have faithfully carried them through a very challenging season, and we see life. And that is a testimony and a witness to you Oh God, who you are, your faithfulness. It's good and it's great, and your love for us never runs out. Amen. So this is week three of a series on the minor prophets. And while they may be short in length, they're powerful in message. I mean, truthfully, as I marinated in the text from Haggai and maybe just first tangent, just so we're all on the same page, you know, I know some people potato, some people potato. It's Haggai, not Haggai. There's not an extra I in this. I'm not actually sure where that comes from. It's not up for debate. If you're concerned that maybe somehow I'm mispronouncing it, you're wrong. I'm not going to say that I'm right, but it's Haggai. It's two chapters, and as I marinated it in it over the last week, I just found myself in some ways saying, you know what, what we should just do is everyone should pull out their device or their Bible and just read through these two chapters because there's something direct and there's something honest and there's something encouraging in this word from this minor prophet. It's a big deal. Haggai is a post-exilic prophet, and that's a fancy way of saying the Israelites went into exile in Babylon and then they came back between 60 and 70 years later. 
And Haggai speaks into the reality of what it was like after that season of disruption and disorientation and chaos to come back and to try to make something of their lives together again. Does that sound familiar to anyone? A journey from orientation to disorientation to reorientation. Is that ringing any bells? I mean, I want to be slow to make direct line comparisons, but but you need to hear this from me right from the get-go. One of my fundamental assumptions is that God is at work. He has been, he is, he will be. And he's at work in particular places and times, and he uses particular people to accomplish his kingdom purposes. It runs through the story of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, and it meets us here in 2022. And so this text from Haggai, it speaks to this work of reorienting the identity and purpose of God's people as they resettled in Jerusalem, specifically in the context of the temple. And so let's read this. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Zoadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. It is a time for you yourselves to, is it time for you yourselves to be living in paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Again, the quick translation. The people have come back from Babylon And what was agenda item number one? Rebuild their own homes. Make sense of their own lives. And so hear the prophet, hear God speaking through Haggai communicates this word. Is it right for you to be so focused on? Is it right for you to spend so much time and energy and money focused on your own self-needs that you completely ignore your relationship with God. I mean, it comes in the form of the temple, and I think it's important, it's significant to remember that in the Old Testament context, the locus, the the gathering point, not only the physical reminder and the reality of God's presence, but it actually was physically located in the temple. It, It was the place in which God met with his people. As Rebecca was up here um, doing announcements with Judah, I I was struck by the image of a baby carrier. I mean, this has never been dropped before. But in many ways, the temple functioned like a baby carrier, connecting Judah literally, with their God. 
that was the function of the temple. It wasn't the stuff of religiosity. It wasn't the stuff of sacrifice. It wasn't the stuff of religion. It was actually the point at which the creator of the cosmos longed to meet with his people. And the way I read the text is the people were more preoccupied with their paneled homes which is actually code for extravagant homes. It's not something about some sort of like shout out to uh, your parents' basement in the 70s. There's something extravagant and rich. And they were giving all their time and energy and money to that. And, And the temple lay in ruins. And God said, really? I long to know you. I long to be with you. And so as we read, he comes to this point, the prophet Haggai, and says, take stock, consider, pay attention. What's actually going on here? I love this quote from Mark Sayers, the reminder that renewal is the process that God keeps taking us on, that he's written into the fabric of the cosmos because humans must always choose to choose God again. I mean, in the most simple way, Haggai is saying, who do you serve? What relationships are most important? What's first? Consider your priorities. I don't know about you, I do know about me that the last two and a half years have given me probably way too much time to reconsider my priorities and what my focus was on. It's been an opportunity for churches to consider who this day will we follow and serve? Maybe some of you and your journey with City Collective has been one of, uh, again, do I focus on the needs of the day in my own home? And in what ways is God speaking and present to and for and with me and with us? And I think in some way, again, I hold it pretty loosely. I think the message of Haggai is an encouragement to us. Consider it. Take stock of it. I mean, really. Is this just something that I do on Sunday morning? Or, or, as we gather as a community, in worship, on mission, in relationship, is the creator of the cosmos actually somehow present to and for us in such a way that our identity, our sense of purpose, our sense of call is fueled, renewed, and supported. I, I like that vision. And yet, like the Israelites, like the people of Judah, <laughs> I mean, that, that baby carrier sometimes feels restrictive. And I'm rebellious, and I want to get out. And maybe for some of us, the reality of the last couple years is we've come face-to-face with our own self-sufficiency. 
I mean, having lived in the lower mainland, I was sharing this with some friends this morning. I've never lived in a place, I lived here for eight years, I've never lived in a community that had more beautiful homes, beautiful people, and beautiful cars. And yet, friends, this is hard ground, spiritually. (laughs) And I think sometimes it's hard because, well, like, that's just that church thing, right? It's like, (laughs) no. No, actually, this is the living, active presence, the spirit of the creator of the cosmos, who, though he created quasars, he actually knows me by name, your crazy Uncle Glenn. And I long to walk with you in your journey of marriage, and I long to journey with you in in your journey of parenting Ella and Soren and Jonas and Greta. And I care about that. And I saw you at your darkest moment in the last two and a half years, and I saw you at your best moment in the last two and a half years because I was with you. That something of the message of Haggai in my own words and in my own experience. And yet for the people of Israel, they heard it in some ways differently. They had been so focused, so attuned on what they needed to do to resettle. God had to speak, and he did. The text goes on. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Zoadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai. Let me, let me just stop here. If you didn't catch this, so Zerubbabel is like the premier. He's actually the chief architect, if you read in the book of Ezra or in the book of Nehemiah, which is a nice side pairing for the prophet Haggai. You, you actually realize that it was Zerubbabel who led the Israelites back from Babylon and started rebuilding the wall that would protect the city. And then you have Joshua, who's the the priestly leader, the priestly voice. And so Haggai speaks to both of these individuals, and their response is quite remarkable. They heard the message, they heard the call, and just the five verses from where they considered until now, they did it. They responded, they chose what they would do. Because the Lord, sorry, go back, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Again, we could do a deep dive on fear, but we won't. But it's, it's something of respect. It's something of awe. It's something of response. It's something of humility to actually acknowledge that God is God and I'm not. And they recognize something in the character and the quality of Haggai that that evidence something of the presence of something more than themselves. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you. You hear that? The creator of the cosmos says, I am with you. 
in the most disorienting, in the most strange, in the most complex, in the most disappointing circumstance of your life, God says through his prophet, I am with you. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. One translation said, Zerubbabel got enthusiastic. Go on, sorry. And the spirit of Joshua, son of Zoadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. Do you feel this? There's some energy, there's some movement, there's some stirring of good vibes that are going on here. Zerubbabel caught it. Joshua caught it. The people of God caught it. Significant. I wonder in what ways, City Collective, this is my take. In what ways do we need to get caught up in some sort of stirring of the spirit? What is our capacity, our desire, our longing to actually experience something of what we just sang about a few minutes ago? That we actually have seen and experienced something of God's presence in our lives, and we believe that God can and will do it again. I do. And I see evidence of it across our country and around the world. As churches who have gone through an incredibly disorienting season actually come back differently, but better. Challenged, but more authentic. We've been humbled. We weren't smart enough. We weren't good enough. And doggone it, people don't always like us. Oh, man. Now I see how old I am. Drop an old Saturday Night Live reference and, like, no one even laughs at that. Oh, boy. But the people catch this wave of energy and enthusiasm and they actually begin to work on the house. And, and I think it's both literal and figurative. I, I want to believe that the people of God actually started physically rebuilding, but they actually were pouring into that relationship and it was significant. And so on the 21st day, and again, this is particular, speak. Let's go on to the next verse. Somehow... He says, who of you is left who saw this house, this temple in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now, and this is significant, these three phrases, be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua. Next slide. The high priest, be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you declares the Lord Almighty. You hear that? Be strong, be strong, be strong. Do the work, for I am with you. And and the more I sat with this text, the more I sat with this word, these were the three phrases that really came to the surface. Be strong, do the work, I am with you. And, And it speaks to me of something of purpose. Be strong. Be strong in what? Be strong in character. Be strong in activity. Be strong in identity. This is our purpose to be true to who God has made us to be. In some way, Haggai is saying, step up, lean in, press in. And it's not just hype. 
It's an invitation from God to be true, to be people of integrity. I wonder, church, and I ask that, I say that specifically not only to City Collective, but I keep asking the church across Canada, what does it look like for us to be strong, to be true to who we are? I, I found myself as I've considered purpose and what it is that we need to be about in this season, reflecting again and again and again on some of the greats of the Bible. I, I think about the great commandment, Jesus' invitation to love God and to love neighbor. I mean, it's great enough that it made it onto City Collective's webpage. And to whatever extent we are leaning in, pressing in to relationship with God and our neighbors, there's something good and right and strong about that. I think about the great requirement, and Pastor Jason preached about this two weeks ago from Micah 6.8, the great requirement that we might love mercy and do justice and walk humbly with our God great commandment, the great requirement, the great commission. Go, make disciples, invite other people into this relationship with the creator of the cosmos who loved his creation so much that he became flesh. He moved into the neighborhood. He sparked a revolution of love. Join me in that revolution, our heavenly father says. And so to whatever extent, be strong, church. Be strong in the great commandment, the great requirement, the great commission. And yet, I don't know about you, and in some ways, uh, several weeks ago as I listened to Pastor Jason preach, I'm reminded that so often we get pulled into what we might call great distractions. And they're good things. They're important things. They're critical conversations in our world and in our lives. And yet, what does it look like for us to allow conversations and questions about inclusion and diversity and equality to be pulled back into the sphere of the great commandment? That we engage in conversations not because it's the politically correct thing to do, but because it's the Jesus thing to do. And to allow our minds and our hearts respond to God in such a way that sees people as the image bearers that they are. To actually see that this, this, this temple rebuild that Haggai was speaking to and that Haggai goes on to give voice to its continuing trajectory, it's actually at work still today that we actually acknowledge and recognize that the creator of the cosmos dwells most intimately by his spirit in us. That we're the beautiful temple that Haggai had in mind. And that we don't need a building, we can worship in a gym. We can worship when we're going to school. We worship when we're at work. We serve the Lord. I love this quote. Every response to a call necessitates a leap of faith. I mean, I don't think that the consideration that the Israelites had to go through 
was somehow just like a snap decision. I actually think it required them to take a jump, to respond to that. And it was something of purpose, and it was something of calling. And I wonder, City Collective, this morning, in what ways is God calling you as individuals together? Do we, do you actually believe that the creator of the cosmos knows you by name and is inviting you in? I mean, I alluded to this a few minutes ago, but it really is quite remarkable when I think back for our community of churches. There are a few of you in the room that would actually get this. We went through a very, very disorienting season in which a a very significant part of our community came to an end around 2007. And it would have been very, very easy in that moment, the Bible college that closed, for us to just like, all right, well, that was that. And like, I guess we'll just keep on keeping on. And yet it was actually out of that disappointment, it was out of that closure, it was out of the disorientation that came with that 70-year institution coming to an end that were fresh seeds and new vision for instead of having a discipleship school, what does it actually look like to reclaim and re-engage the local church as the solarium, if you will? of the kingdom of God, that the local church is actually the space and place that we create that is welcoming and engaging, that people are on mission with Jesus and with one another for the sake of their communities. And our track record, frankly, wasn't so awesome when it came to church planning, and I'm not sure that it still is. But for that community of 25 to 30 churches that had probably been planting on an average of two to three churches every year, or sorry, every decade. That would have been pretty good. In 2010, we, we actually, and this was completely aspirational. It's like, what would it look like for us to start 20 new churches, 20 new kingdom ventures in the next 10 years? And, and a few weeks ago, we were able to gather as a community Uh, just outside of Calgary, and we celebrated the fact that that actually is what happened. That God raised up faithful people like Jason with vision to start communities like City Collective. That, That God's raised up leaders in Toronto and in Nelson, B.C., even in Steinbeck, Manitoba. Any Menos in the house? I mean, even the Mennonites need Jesus. And yet there's something of the progressive, dynamic growing of God, and it's not for the sake of an institution. It's not even for the sake of the church. It's all about relationship with Jesus. And I'm so privileged that I get an opportunity to watch that and to see how lives have been transformed. Jesus said, seek first my kingdom and everything else falls into place.
Jesus said, seek me. Prophet Haggai said, seek your heavenly father. Rebuild, restore, reorient. Why? Because we need more churches? We need more temples? No, because the creator of the cosmos who knows us, who loves us, who desires us and longs to live in relationship with his creation is calling us by name. And there's incredible hope in that. The message of the prophet Haggai would be grossly, grossly, grossly misunderstood if it was read simply as an invitation to rebuild a building. God, again and again and again and again, shows that he doesn't actually care that much about buildings, structures, systems. He cares about us and renewing, and remaking, and rebuilding, and restoring, and recreating, and re, 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 us. I invite the worship team up. Can you go back to that word or that phrase that you had heard earlier this morning? In what ways might that word or phrase or that lyric be an invitation to you this day to reconsider our Heavenly Father's deep longing and desire to know you by name? There's no lament in the prophet Haggai. It's a word of invitation and encouragement. City Collective, in what way might that word or phrase be an invitation to you? You know, Joseph, you, you shared, like, as we started to worship this morning, just this prayer, this longing, this heart, that the doors of this place might be welcoming and opened to the neighborhood. As we sang, do it again, like that, that was the invitation that I was hearing in that. The reminder that this community exists for the community, not for the sake of a worship gathering, though it's good, but for the sake of joining God on mission for the people of Langley and Alder Grove and Surrey even, because even people who live in Surrey need Jesus. None of my jokes are working today. Thank you for being faithful because it reminds me and mirrors our Heavenly Father's faithfulness to and for us. And so, Father, bless these mission friends. Fuel them on this week. Might... Might this gathering this day be a reminder, a reorientation of what you long for and you desire, first and foremost, us. And so, Father, be present. Jesus, be gracious, spirit, empower. 
for our sake, for the sake of our neighbors. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.